Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And the NHL got busy over the weekend, AJ. Hockey returned with the WJC tournament, of course, but behind the scenes, NHL teams remembered that, at least for the ones who didn't make the playoffs, Training camp starts in three days, so they kind of have rosters to fill out and and some stuff to do here. Uh, We'll get to particularly the Ottawa Senators in a little bit, but I did want to start with some of the big names around the league and some uh, some ex-abs here, too. These are more coincidental than anything, but uh, Kevin Connaughton invited to the Florida Panthers training camp. Neat. And the old friend Carl Soderberg, as Chicago continues to acquire every single ex-Arizona player in the history of the league, has signed a one-year deal with Chicago. Neat. One year, one million is pretty, uh, you know, it's fine. We'll see what Chicago has to give. A lot of teams are, we'll see, category right now, I think, AJ, but... The the move that seemed to surprise everyone and yet be totally expected at the same time, Mike Hoffman taking uh, on the surface what might look like a little bit of a, a strange move, technically a PTO with the St. Louis Blues to go to their training camp. The expectation here is they're just sitting there waiting for their LTIR to kick in so that they can sign him. Well, St. Louis has other business to do too. They still have to sign Vince Dunn. True. So whatever kind of handshake agreement they have with Mike Hoffman right now, um, you know, they, they have to know that they're, they've got that money comfortably. I don't think Hoffman and Vince Dunn are going to combine for like $13 million, which is what Tarasenko and Steen. um, I think their LTIR is, We'll put them right in that range. So they should be fine. But yeah, I mean, these are just the salary cap gymnastics that we're seeing some of these teams do. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Because to a certain extent, I understand. Look, we're in a very strange time. No one knew when the season was going to start three weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. this is not a normal offseason by any stretch of the imagination. But you look at some of these teams... And you're talking about teams. I can't remember a time since the salary cap existed that teams were actually in jeopardy of going over the 10% increased offseason cap. And this year, you have multiple teams like flirting with it pretty regularly. Yeah, I mean, we've had some. Uh, yeah, I, know, I remember Washington pushed it a few years ago. There have been examples of teams that have gotten close to it. But, I mean, that's this is just how this is just business, man. Uh, that's all it is. I, I teams are always playing these little games 
around the salary cap, they're they're always trying to uh, to to find ways to dance around this stuff. This, the, honestly, like COVID, COVID is all good and well, but you know it's changed it's changed a ton of the business of the NHL. But not and this part of it is pretty much the same. Teams are comfortable with how to do this because they've been doing it for years. Yeah, Ed. certainly. It, it does feel like there's a little bit more flexibility in teams this year. I think particularly when it comes to the LTIR situations for teams, but we've regularly had teams push over the cap in the off season and bending the rules I'll say is nothing new when it comes to the NHL salary cap uh, back five years ago when Chicago was pushing for their third cup and they, just kind of left Patrick Kane on LTIR for a little while to to stay salary cap compliant. You see Toronto yeah. every year do ridiculous things with their roster to stay compliant. It's well, last year we had Toronto with the extreme example of purposely acquiring hurt guys, yep, so that they could increase the LTIR amount that they were allowed to spend. I, and like, that was the reason they did yeah. it. it. Was they they did that because they were using LTIR as their extra salary cap, so they could call up a more expensive dude, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it was it was all of it was totally legal, and you know, it's it's allowed. It's within the rules. I don't I don't personally have like a a major problem with it. I you know how. T- how teams get out of these situations, you know, that it's not like it hasn't cost teams anything, you know, St. Louis lost Alex Petrangelo. Yep. So it's not, you know, it's not like this is coming right off the top and it's like, Oh, well they did this and they didn't have to lose anything. You know, Tampa Bay is losing Nikita Kucherov for one of the last years of his prime coming off of him winning a con Smythe, you know, these, these games that, that they're playing are, they're normal. A couple of questions from the chat. Uh, Spence asks, guys, why didn't Mike Hoffman sign with the Preds like we thought? Uh, that kind Opportunity. of... Opportunity. Well, not only that, but last Wednesday, it seemed pretty clear it wasn't happening when uh, this Preds signed Granlund and Howla instead. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're Mike Hoffman and you're looking at, okay, my options are Nashville or St. Louis... I can go and take Tarasenko's spot in the top six and produce. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to a place where every single guy that has gone there, has had every single proven guy that has season. gone there, <laughs> yeah. their production has dropped. I'm going there on a one-year deal to try and get back into the market next year and actually get a multi-year contract and, and cash in here. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it from seems the obvious side, to me. Of course, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Nashville either. Yeah, and then uh, Ben asks, "What happens if you aren't cap compliant?" And that's a question I would love to know the answer to. So um, the NHL voids all of the moves that you have made until you become cap compliant. The last time I actually heard NHL front office members talk about it, they basically just said it can't happen. <laughs> They didn't like say what the penalties would be. They didn't say anything other than like it simply cannot be a thing that uh, is allowed to happen. Basically, yeah, pretty much. Um, seriously, 
when I looked into this, the what I got uh, from reading the CBA was uh, that teams, uh, the NHL will void all of the all of the deals that they made uh, in the offseason, all of the contracts that they signed, everything that they did in order to get them cap compliant. They will they will they will void every deal in order of them being done until they hit the cap. Yep. So Kinda weird. So that Tory crew. Bye. <laughs> that would be crazy so, if there was like a second free agency after salary cap day. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not cap compliant, that's what the league does. And then and then you are cap compliant and that guy's a free agent. And you know, I'm sure I'm sure he, you know, he's spent the entire offseason getting his family set up and moving there. Right. And what a know, nightmare cetera, that would be. Yeah. So he would probably just want to re-sign, but like what if you were you know, what if you were a team that sat out on all of the, the, the stuff all off season and then you were like, No, oh, Tory Krug is out there and we we have the space. Seven million dollars to play with, so yeah. you're you're Columbus and you're like, Oh well turns out we can actually make this happen. Or you know, you're Los Angeles and you're like, Hey, come play next to Drew Doughty. Be Why part of the Great King Revival. Let's not get ahead of ourselves now. Calm down a little bit. I mean, that would be the sell, right? They've got 13 mil in cap space. You give them the same contract he signed. In I, don't, I don't know if anyone's buying that pitch this year. I'll put it that way. But uh, well, I mean, all you got to do is just look at the fact that they have nine guys at WJCs, and you're like, that's also part of the pitch. I guess if you're signing a, like a seven-year deal, sure. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, all their guys have been bad at WJCs, but whatever. All right. Avs guys have been pretty okay, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the week. Uh, anyway, sticking uh, with the NHL, it it is a bit of an interesting situation to see how teams approach this. The Avs have not pushed over the salary cap in any way, shape, or form to this point. We've talked about it before on the show where they're even able to to add some scratches to their roster if need be or or manage player bonuses or whatever it is. Um, yeah, they've taken a little bit more of a steady approach to that, and and that's partially because they can. They don't have any stupid big contracts. Their biggest contract on the books is Rantanen right now, which is very large. Don't get me wrong, but they're not trying to squeeze every ounce out of the salary cap yet. <laughs> that yeah. will likely come in the next couple of years, but we- yeah, I mean they're awfully close to it right now, though. Sure, they're they're pushing it, but they're not talking about millions of dollars over the salary cap like almost a third of the league is. Definitely. Like they're they don't have to make a single move to become cap compliant. Yep. And they can absolutely add two more guys to that roster if they want to to push it right up to where they've got like two hundred thousand in cap space. Yeah. If again, if they want. The there's a lot more of if they want when you're under the cap, basically. Yeah. When you're over the cap, there's, okay, you have to do exactly X, Y, and Z to get cap compliant, which honestly, most teams, I think, manage it fine. But it's just a little bit tighter on what you're allowed to do. And it's why I don't think it's illegal, but what the Blues are doing with Hoffman bugs me a little bit. Because 
the assumption is there's a number that they've settled on that they're just waiting to sign, which feels certainly at least like off-season cap circumvention, if not regular season, to me. Why? Because they already know what they're going to pay him. He already knows what he's going to get paid. And you're sitting here saying, all right, they're going to pay him this much. It's just not counting against the cap yet. Okay. At that point, he's also not he's also not playing for them. I mean, that's true, but he's going to go to their camp. And I guess it just feels bad all the way around because the only way he doesn't get this contract, presumably, like maybe it's not a done deal, but I assume it is, is if he gets hurt in training camp and then it's a big loss for him. So. At that point, I mean, they they could go through training camp and they could be like, "Oh my god, my actually, actually awful." Bad. Yeah, like, I guess. He's, but he's his skating has always not been great. Uh, but it, it would be like if they showed up and they were like, "This dude can't keep up with us. What's going to happen when we drop him in a division with Vegas and Colorado?" Dude, put on the then, pandemic forty five or something. Yeah, right, well, right, exactly, <laughs> and uh, you know, like that. It's accidental protection for them in that case, too. I Where guess. They could, they could just cut that dude from the PTO and be like, mm, I guess. And, and, and no doubt, like, that's what they'll say front facing. But if it's a done deal behind the scenes and the NHL essentially knows that and is okay with it, at what point do you say, screw it, let's just not have an offseason salary cap? I mean, they pretty much don't. 10% over is pretty ridiculous you know, it's i mean when you consider that it's like a nine million dollar player <laughs> eight million dollar because it's an eight million dollar player yeah like you have to work to get there hey vegas did a you good have job. to be at the cap and sign alex petrangelo that's that's it <laughs> well there's another team that flirted with it. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. We do have to take our first period break, though, and let you guys know about my favorite, Breckenridge Brewery. Unfortunately, I only have a Mountain Dew with me today because, I mean, I can't drink at noon every single day. But Oh, you know. my God. I'm so excited to get back to the States with real Mountain Dew. Yeah? None of this Canadian oh, stuff? Dude. Is, can you guys get Breck Brew up there yet? I don't actually know. Um, I haven't. I to be honest, I haven't looked. All right. Well, if you're not in Canada, you can get it anywhere in the States. You can try that Mile High City Copper Lager down at the farmhouse. Get it directly from the source. Or if you're looking for any type of beer, check out the Breck Beer Locator online. They'll show you what they have at a local liquor store near you. Again, dozens of flavors. No matter what type of beer you like, they'll have something for you. And, of course, we also have WGT Golf. I did not do well in the the Christmas tournament. I, I will admit, I'm not. I'm not even going to talk about my score. We're just going to move on and say you can go to the D, the dnvr.com to download the game. Once you have the game downloaded, search for DNVR4 to join our fourth country club. And we're running tournaments every single weekend, so you can get in on all of the action. It's a bunch of fun. You can also challenge anyone at any time. All the members of DNVR are spread out across the four different clubhouses. So. Come on over and play with us and have a good old time on a game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. Again, thednvr.com to download WGT Golf. 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, number one rated sportsbook app out there. Rudo and AJ talking about the salary cap today. And the team that has done the most is actually not the team in salary cap trouble. The Ottawa Senators have decided to build a hockey team, it would appear. Uh Partially coming from Tampa Bay, who we'll get to in a minute because they're an interesting topic. But Ottawa, first of all, on Saturday, gave up a second round pick for Derek Stepan. Did Arizona get fleeced there or what's going on? I mean, he's not good anymore. Also true to a certain extent. I mean, back to back years, 35 points and 28 points. So. The $2 million he's actually making this year is a lot more appropriate with the player that he is than his $6.5 million cap hit. Is there uh, the Arizona effect there a little bit as well? I mean, outside of Taylor Hall doing his thing, we've seen Arizona kind of be more of a scoring by committee team. I don't think so. I mean, he had 56 points his first year as a Coyote. So hard to expect too much of a bounce back out of him is what I'm asking. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean the. I get I get why Ottawa in particular has interest because six and a half million dollar cap hit, only two million in salary. Classic when, Ottawa for sure. Yeah, when you have Eugene Melnick as your owner, that's something that you go sniffing around the league for, and that was something that everybody under the sun in the NHL predicted would be a match coming into this off season. Yeah. That it for some reason took this long. I don't know, but like Derek Stepan is fine. He'll be a good veteran voice for uh, the, the young guys in the locker room, you know, between him and Anisimov and Dadanov, they'll have some, they'll have some older voices that have been around and seen a lot of things uh, between those guys, Dadanov is the only one that I think that they're really expecting to be a big time contributor for them. But I mean, I guess they kind of needed it. Not that Derek Stepan's a one C, but their other options at center weren't exactly great either, unless they're expecting a big jump from Colin white. Yeah. I mean, between Colin white and Chris Tierney and then Tim Stutzla, I mean, There's a lot of question marks at the very least down the middle. It's yeah. it's yeah. Stepan will at least help there. Um, it's fine. Like it's for a second round pick for a rebuilding team. I think normally I would be like, "What are you doing?" But they had second rounders. They already had a couple uh, of extra ones. Yep. And then to be honest with you, when they're out of the playoff race at the deadline. And they can sell that, all these dudes, yeah. Is that not exactly the kind of move that they recoup the second rounder? Flip him to a contender for sure, yeah. Um, which, so that makes some sense. But then they go out and get Cedric Potquette and Braden Coburn as well as a, a recouping their second round pick out of Ottawa for two dudes that Tampa Bay can put on LTIR, basically. 
in uh, Marion Gabrick's contract and uh, Nilsson's contract as well, which I don't know what – I know Nilsson's on LTIR, but I don't know how long he's scheduled to be on for. I believe he has a concussion. So, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're really in – you know, wait and see territory, but I mean that money, the two point six million. It's not, it's not insignificant, but it's just more breathing room. They have, sure. they have a ninety-seven million dollar payroll now. Yeah, looking at their LTIR expected usage is like you're talking about the difference between the cap floor and the cap ceiling strictly ah. on LTIR for them. <laughs> So yeah. it's quite the adventure that uh, they're going on over there. But yeah, and they uh, at the moment they're actually already over the cap for next year. Well done, Tampa. Well like, done. So so and and the Gabbert and Nilsson deals fall off after the season. So like this is just the beginning for them. They're gonna have to do more of this, man. That's crazy. Yeah, they're like three and a half million over the cap for next year too. It's pretty yeah. significant. Uh, dude, the MLB financial rules are nonsense, Drew. There's no way the NHL comes even close to some of that yeah. ridiculousness. Honestly, the NHL rules, the NHL financial rules are outside of LTIR. It's really straightforward. Yep. The only like things that trip people up are LTIR, and then performance bonuses because you can only have them on ELCs and 35 plus contracts. Yeah. Other than that, the NHL system is really pretty straightforward. It's just the few confusing parts get abused heavily as seems to be the case in every major sports league. So yeah, the, um, well, the, the big thing with baseball these days, like they have a fake sal- or a fake salary cap, like because that the the tax limit. But arbitration in baseball is such a punishing system for players that teams just they get basically all of their good years, and now they've just decided that they don't need to pay free agents. Yeah, and I mean- it's. Insane to me. Baseball's financial rules are legitimately insane to me. And baseball is the only major sport, I believe, that has actually been caught colluding against their free agents in the past as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and, and last year there was certainly a case building for collusion again. It's, yeah. It was it was getting real. It, it's It's been very icy in baseball free agent waters. So. So I'm going to give hockey the dub on this one and say, it's yeah, not it's well, and it's, and it's financial rules are honestly pretty straightforward. It's just it's the extreme minutia of like LTIR and daily salary cap. And, you know, like some of these, some of these really tiny little details when teams are cutting very, very close to the edge. The one thing that gets talked about a lot in hockey circles that we haven't really touched on here is the uh, local taxation. You hear a lot about guys who yeah. who want to go to Florida because there's no state tax on their on their income. So I I don't know how big of an impact that really is, but it certainly comes up a lot in hockey circles. Yeah, definitely. I would also agree with Ben Hedman's comment that NBA's financial system is yeah 
what? Like, there's a salary cap, and then there's like cap holds, and then there's like, oh, you you've been in the league this long, so you have bird rights, and it's like, what the? We what gave is this guy this? a max contract, but we gave this guy a super max yeah. contract, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, this guy, this guy made a, this guy made an all NBA team, so he gets a super duper max, and you're like, what? The? <laughs> Yeah, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You guys have three levels of max contracts. This is the dumbest league. <laughs> and, not and like a single player like, in the NHL is even making max. Yeah, yeah, not a single player is making. Um, oh well, this is as much as you're allowed to make. Not one. That there isn't anybody I think within two million of making a max deal. What's the McDavid's making twelve and a half, and it's at least fourteen yeah. now, right? So yeah. So yeah, it's. Definitely a different league when it comes to that type of thing in the NHL. But uh, on the other side of this, we kind of started getting into the auto conversation. Picking up Coburn and Paquette is like, why are the, why is Otto acquiring like mediocre players? Yeah, I mean, uh, both are on both are one year deals, and they combine to make what three point two million dollars. Not much, yeah. Like Paquette's a nice depth guy. That's a that's a guy that doesn't get in your way uh, of of playing the kids in whatever roles that you want, right? Because you've you've still got Batherson and Kachuk and Brown and uh, Nick Paul, and they they signed Galchenyuk. They'd like to see what's going on there. Colin White. Connor Brown, all these guys, right? Uh, and then obviously they they added Stutzla's ELC over the weekend, and uh, his German team Mannheim said that they were going to they would agree to release him, yep. so he can play in the NHL this year, which is a change. At first they were not going to, so he wasn't going to play in the NHL. Now that he can, you know, you want to give those big minute jobs to somebody that can play them. Okay, great. Um, Paquette's just a fine depth player. Like it's a totally inoffensive one year, one year guy that can play a depth form. They got a second round pick for giving up all their LTIR uh, possibilities to to Tampa Bay, and um, with Coburn, it's it's at least like on defense you can see between Coburn and Gabranson, like they may not be very good, but they're gonna at least be miserable to play against. <laughs> They're gonna. They're not. It's not gonna be a free two points. Is is I think the goal there, where they may not be. They may not be that great, um, but they're they're not gonna be an easy out anymore, like they have been. So I think I think Ottawa is. I think they've set themselves up to be competitive. How how high end that goes depends on how the kids do. How how many of the kids they want to play. That defense is still obviously a concern because outside of Thomas Shabbat, they don't really have a, That's a, a, a guy that blah for anymore. Like yeah. Zaitsev, have good Branson, Coburn, Riley, and they just got Josh Brown from Florida this year. Like and, and Will Lannon. Like it's just a bunch of depth guys. It looks like Colorado's defense five years ago. Yep. We were like, ah, this is a big bag of meh. These guys are. These guys are. A, a bunch of third line guys, uh, third pairing guys who are going to play roles that are too big for them because the team just doesn't have any better. And you could talk yourself into maybe three of these guys have career years at the same time and you catch a little fire and you sneak into the bottom of the postseason. But outside of that, I'm, this team will go as its young players do. 
yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I my only question about this move is, you know what? Actually, I think there's a decent chance they might be able to move Pocket if if it comes to that for them at the no. deadline. Coburn, both of, both of those guys. I don't think they'll be able to move Coburn, man. I I I don't think that there's I don't think there's a big there would be a big issue with Coburn at 35. Obviously, you're not feeling like he's a real player anymore. But if he gets into their lineup and he does anything, one point seven million, Pocket making one six, like not a problem. I don't think. No, I, like obviously Ottawa has like eleven million in cap space too. So it's I just, whatever. I just mean to, to to flip them. They got a second rounder to take those guys on. If they could flip Stepan, Pocket, uh, two of those. Uh, uh, if they can't flip Coburn, <laughs> but maybe they can flip Branson. They can flip all those guys at the deadline. Their rebuild is continuing on perfectly. Like they, they have set themselves up to be really, really good in the future, and this is what they should be doing in the meantime. Give all the big jobs to your young players. Fill it up with some nice veterans that can help them out, who are talented to help you be competitive and stay afloat. Get guys on short deals that you can move and stock up on draft picks. Basically, the one thing Colorado did not do in their rebuild was stock up on draft picks. Yep. Definitely a shortcoming that we had talked about a lot during the time. But yeah, um, one final question for this segment, AJ. Okay, are the Ottawa Senators a team? They are, in fact, a team. All right, just checking. Had to make sure. Wasn't sure if uh, Dior- Dorian still felt that way. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to bet on teams, is the place to do so. So head on over to DraftKings.com sportsbook. They have amazing odds boosts every single day of the week. Cannot recommend them enough. And they also basically almost every single week have something that's akin to, to free money. You can bet on, and basically it's a guaranteed win in one way or another. Highly recommend that. If you want to bet on upcoming hockey, you can bet on futures i think i forget what the odds were but byron was like plus 1700 to win the calder i believe um you can bet on basketball right now the nuggets play tonight you can still get on that you can even do live betting not quite as good as their baseball live betting when that comes back betting on every pitch is is peak sports betting and i'll hear nothing else about it it was a lot of fun (laughs) so highly recommend that yeah Dude, first pitch strike is the best bet in sports. Not even not even joking you. Uh, other than that, look, you want to bet on table tennis? You want to bet on any kind of racing imaginable? You want to bet on European small ice hockey? You can do that. They have everything under the sun to bet on. And they're super easy and secure to use. Again, you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can see at the bottom of the screen there, get up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus when you sign up with a new account and use code DNVR. So download the top of DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR code to sign up. Again, it's for new players only with the DNVR code, so let them know we sent you to get that bonus for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. There you go. D-line with the, the Jokic rebound bets. Usually a pretty safe one to take if you're looking to make a little bit of money. Strawberry Sky. Hey, he's, he's about the only nugget I would bet on right now. True. They're, they've been struggling. Strawberry Sky, definitely high on the list for MVPs. 
Um, let's see. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to take a little bit of a look at what is left out there for any other team still looking to make some last minute moves, at least on the free agency market. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's not much. Craig Anderson just got snapped up today by Washington for training camps because obviously Lundquist is not a thing anymore. Sad story, man. I hope he's okay. Same. Now all of a sudden, Having like open heart surgery, like yeah. whoa, dude, things it escalated really fast. Yeah. So, so hope he's hope he's okay. I mean, that's one of the game's good guys, for sure. Obviously, sending great vibes his way. Hope everything is all right in that regard. But it's pretty thin. If you're looking for another goaltender, I guess Corey Schneider is still out there. He's not. Oh, did he just get snapped up too? No, he uh, he's had a he's had an agreement since the opening of free agency with the uh, Islanders. They okay. just can't pay him. Well, there you go, another another one of those. So yeah, they have a couple. Of, the Islanders, I think, have three of those deals on the market right now. Who I I haven't kept. That I don't one. I don't remember all of them. All right. But Schneider's the most. Uh, he's the one that I remember because he's always at the top of this free agency. List. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so I guess Jimmy Howard is about it. For goalies, yeah. Mike Condon, I guess, if you're getting desperate. I mean, uh, JF Berube is also out there as like a guy. <laughs> he does play the goaltender position, I guess. Yeah. And then it's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Ooh, that's that's rough. The, uh, looking at this list, the names I recognize, still some decent defensemen out there. All right. That's got- where, oddly enough, man, like, think of how, how many years we've been talking about how it's impossible to find quality defenders. And, all and now, sudden, because of yeah. COVID, like, there's just a number of guys out there on the market where you're like, that, you guy, that, guy, could, that guy could probably help you. Dude's like, fine on the bottom pairing. That, yeah. The, the Ottawa defense that we were just talking about, Sammy Vodman's better than, like, most of After those guys. dudes. If you want to go a little bit older, you could take a, a Jonathan Erickson, a Carl Alsner. Yeah, those guys. I, Carl Alsner got bad in a hurry. Yeah. Like, uh, he signed that big free agent deal in Montreal and, just, and immediately uh, was locked up. But even then, you have, like, Travis Hammond, who, yeah, he's had a rough go of it, but he's only 29. I mean, it, there are reasonable players to grab out here still on defense, which... He certainly surprised me a little bit. Oh, Matt Hunwick. There's a name I didn't expect to see. Yeah. I mean, there are some guys out here. Like, I think the most notable guys, um, you know, obviously Sammy Votnin. Um, oh, Andy Green is, I think, also has one of the, the same deal as Schneider to go back to the Islanders. Um, you know, Hamannick, obviously, is a guy that has more, like, name value but it's really kind of just been meh the last few years. Um, what's cool? What, what is the Zeno Charo going to do? Like yeah. again, another name value guy where you're kind of like, well, what's the deal here? Um, Derek Broussard got the deal with Arizona today. So that's interesting. <laughs> Why him? I don't have any idea. Arizona's you making know, choices. That's for sure. Forward-wise, there are some interesting players. You know, Andreas Athanasiou is still out there. At 25 years old, what's the deal? I mean, there's a couple of interesting 25-year-olds. Devin Shore is still out there. Madison Bowie. And and 
look, I get it. Bowie has not played great, but if you need a younger guy that can fill in on a bottom pairing, like in a non flat cap, crazy COVID world, none of these guys are available. Yeah. They're sitting as 13th to 13th forwards or, or scratches or, or something on teams in the league. Yeah. Oh, Matt Martin is the other guy for the Islanders. There you go. So we found all three. Yeah. Solve the puzzle. Looking through this list, I didn't <laughs> snack them all up. Uh, I oh. will eat a hat if Chara is actually linked to the Avs. So. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. We've talked about this that they just don't really have much room left for them to mess with this market. Yeah. Of any kind, like. Would you rather have Zdeno Chara than Ian Cole? Like on name value, sure. Maybe. Which guy? Which guy was actually better last year? I don't know. I have no idea if Zdeno Chara was any good last year. Ah, uh, I mean, fourteen points in sixty-eight games. I mean, I, I'd have to look into the advanced stats to get into the defensive side of stuff. But yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I I really don't know. We, we always think of like Zdeno Chara. Yeah, it's not great. Yep. If you look at the underlines here, I'm just flipping through them real quick. Not um, amazing. No, it's not like bottom of the barrel. It's not like this guy's not an NHLer anymore, but like he's a hard third pairing defender. Yep. And Ian Cole gave you better than that last year in that job. I mean, forget Ian Cole. You're trying to get guys like Byram into this lineup. Well, this is why I started with Ian Cole, because we're already talking about Byram taking that guy's job. Yep. If Byram's going to get into the lineup, you put Chara in there. You basically remove the possibility of not just Byram, but also Connor Timmons. Yeah. And it's like, for what? At some point, you're going to have to get these guys into your lineup. Now, if if they were to do Chara, then you're you're talking about putting, you know, you fast forward a year, both Chara and Cole are probably gone, and then you're putting totally green Timmons and Byram into your lineup when you could have been using one of those spots this year to get at least get seasoned. one of those guys, yeah. like one of them, a little bit of, a little bit of experience to get some of the rookie hiccups out of the way. For sure. This is what they should be doing. They should be using this to get some of these rookie hookups just moved on from. Yep. And then, they're going to be good enough to make up, make up for it. Just do it. And next year at that point, Justin Barron's properly in the AHL at that point. So <clears throat> he very well could be, man. At least and when, you're in the a- yeah. and when you're in the AHL, you're a step away. Yep. If you have a good couple weeks and somebody gets hurt, there's a chance you get the call, man. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely like it's not it's not a far fetched conversation at all. Just doesn't seem like they ha- the abs have room at all, particularly on defense. But yeah. is what it is. Um, the Avs kind of got their business done at the start of whatever you want to call this offseason. And that's been that. The Sackick has never been one that's afraid to be done when he feels like the team is done. Yeah. I mean, the, this offseason, though, they didn't have um, they didn't have any RFA deal that lingered. Yep. Last offseason there was the Miko deal. Next offseason will be the McCarr deal. The only I think the the there's only and this is a story that I'll be writing this week. Um the only unfinished business for Colorado. No Landis Cog extension up to this point, which could happen. I mean 
to be honest, it, it, it would be really easy for them to get back into camp. They're around each other every day. They kind of have just have this conversation, right? They're like, look, we want to make this thing work. Let's figure out where we are. And then the third goaltender, you know, with the creation of the taxi squad and requiring three goalies being around, that's that's they still have to do that. There's still business to be taken care of there. Beyond that, the only other real question marks that you have on this team are health, um, which is a question mark for literally every team. Yep. So it's not a call. It's not like Colorado special there. Um, and then, you know, you have. Not much. Teams. Honestly, not like, much. Yeah. You start, you start talking about special teams. Um, you know, there's the, that segment of the fan base that they need more grit. They need they need more tough guys. They need more you, physicality. Go, go watch the Calvert highlights I just posted, and and then come back and tell me that. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's all good and well, but he's hurt every playoff. So what is it? What is it? it's not getting you anywhere? Well, I mean, I can't. Everybody has players that get hurt in the playoffs. I I don't need a fifteenth forward that is super gritty. Just doesn't. For the sake of grit, yeah, yeah. Uh, like. The dude, the dude in our chat that's advocating for Corey Perry, like I'm not signing Corey. Perry. I'm, I'm not, I'm not signing Corey Perry and playing him over any of Colorado's wings. Agreed. If he was, if he was a center and he was going to push PR Edward Belmar, you could have, you could probably sell me on the merits of it. But I'm, I'm not playing Corey Perry over Tyson Jost or Matt Calvert. Sorry, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm I would rather roll the dice with Jost and. If, you, if it doesn't work out with him, then you roll the dice with Martin Cowett. You roll I, the dice with the future talent that, that is I think I be might there. rather even play Shane Bowers over Corey Perry, even if he was a center. Like <laughs> Perry just doesn't have a lot less to give as an NHL hockey player, I don't think. Yeah. And like, it's funny because Dallas had that like revival in the postseason where a bunch of these old guys who have been bad for, who have been on significant declines for all of a sudden one month. Yeah. Yeah. Had like this one month bounce back when they were off for, you know, they had three months, they had a three month break. They only had to be on for one month and then they were gone again. And you think the old guys are going to survive a season where it's play every other day for four months straight. Yeah, Corey Corey Perry's last two seasons, he has ten points and twenty one points, and then he had a nine point nine points in the playoffs. Guess what? JT Confer had eight. What do you need Corey Perry for? Bam! Drop the hammer on him. I guess. Call goals now instead of a bum like Corey Perry. Yeah, I just and you go and you look at it, and it's like he was he was the picture of their postseason silliness. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Not for me. I think we've been pretty vocal on this pod that the certainly the two of us don't believe the Evs need more grit between Calvert, Kadri, some of the other guys in their bottom six. Yeah, I, it, just the fine. idea the idea of like getting like pests and physical players and stuff like that just because they're physical. Like Brandon Sod is going to be a really good example of a guy that doesn't have an exa- doesn't have a a reputation as a physical guy, but he's effective. It's, like, it's a super underrated part of Confer's game. He's always a pest. Yeah. 
the Avs don't need more pests. If they're if you get a player that is a quality hockey player, it's a bonus if he does some of that stuff. Yeah, but definitely. You, you like, shouldn't be looking at that as a primary thing. It when they got when they got Kadri, that was a huge part of the appeal. It wasn't just that he was good; it was that he brought that edge. Yep. Okay, great. They got that. They don't need to continue to go out and target exactly that. There's just not that many guys out there, and at some point, you start overvaluing it, and you stop, and you start undervaluing how good at hockey is he. Right. So, and that's that changes the conversation. You need you need to remember what you're doing this for. What are you What are you after? And particularly, as you've called it, the great experiment, AJ. The the Avs team that they're building. I was reminded heavily watching New Hook and Byram at the WJCs. This team has to skate. You want to play for the Colorado Avalanche? You have to be able to skate. Yeah, it's why we've it's why we've seen them not go after a guy like Tyler Toffoli. Yep. So there's a very specific type of player that I think Colorado is looking for. And grittiness is certainly not primary on the list of traits. So uh, expectations for Saad. We will get into all of that over the next two weeks. We're going to be doing a bunch of awesome preview videos. Highly recommend you keep your eyes out for him. We're putting a lot of work into him. Shout out our production team who's slaving away right now on graphics for those. So keep your eyes out over the next week or two, and you will find out what our expectations are for just about everybody on the abs. Um, and some not. And some not, indeed. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts here, AJ, on uh, the madness? Is, there can't be much more to expect from the league at this point. I know a couple teams still got to sort out some things, but. Tampa Bay was really the last big domino. We always kept saying they've still got work to do. Well, they've got all their guys signed. Now they're ready to go. Um, they're they're ready to rock and roll. But you do look at their those guys that they have that will be free agents, and you look at Blake Coleman especially. Yep. You just keep an eye on that dude. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. If you enjoy the DNVR podcast family, we highly recommend you check out the DNVR rugby podcast as we have Colton Strickler. Colton Strickler, even. Man, I'm struggling even like more than normal with names today. Uh, going behind the scenes with the USA men's and women's rugby teams, which now both 15 teams play at Infinity Park in Glendale. So this is the place to be when it comes to rugby news in the USA. Again, you can head on over to the DNVR to check out DNVR Rugby. Be sure to follow DNVR Rugby on Twitter as well. Even if you're new to the sport, Colton has 101 pods to teach you everything you need to know. So yeah, help support us. If you're not supporting there, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps us a ton as well. Of course, obviously watch the ABS pod if you're here. If you can't watch it, you can always check out the podcast, which we still do in audio format as well. But that's it for today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We'll have a WJC update sometime this week. And then, I mean, training camp's right around the corner, y'all. So keep the hype rolling, and we will catch you guys next time.